0: The rap
1: game, and welcome back to Throttled Up the Podcast and uh, Full House here tonight. Got a lot going on um, here at the uh, the T-shirt shop, and uh, excited uh, to get a chance here to sit down and talk with uh, none other than Brayton Laster, who has uh, just uh, finished up one heck of a race. Uh, in the Arkham Menard series uh, there at uh, Daytona International Speedway, which I I just have to say, before we even get into this, guys, I'm really kind of weirded out, I guess, or or just, like, uh, goosebumps that I just said we're interviewing a guy who just raced at Daytona International Speedway. Um, Pretty freaking cool, man, and and having him here in studio. So, Brayton... I appreciate you being here, man. I'm excited to talk to you. Um, thanks for making the trip down.
2: Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It was a, definitely a longer journey than I thought, but pretty cool being here in person first <laughs> off, especially after everything uh, the world's gone through the past uh, two years. So thank you guys for having me.
1: Yeah, and for those who don't know, um, you know, it's it's a... It's <laughs> We're, we're a little uh, different than we have been in the past, obviously, just doing the audio side now, and we are live on Thirsty Goat Radio and the Thirsty Goat Radio app uh, on your iPhone, but uh, kind of crazy, cause we're in the t-shirt shop, man. I told you when you walked in, uh, we've got stuff going on all all over the wood. You guys came in. We had people counting baseball pants, and I got kids running around and dinner, and so it. we don't look real professional, and that's probably because we're not, um, but... Uh, We still appreciate you being here, but I'm going to come right in with this and we're going to go back and talk about all your history and how we got here and all this, but I'm going to come with the question that I've heard more from people getting ready for this podcast than anything else. And it's kind of what I hit you with right off the bat. What in the hell is it like to be at 185 miles an hour, bumper to bumper with somebody with another dude outside your door you can reach out and touch?
2: So, yeah, especially there at Daytona, you know, I did a lot of practice, we did about 80 or 90 or so practice laps, getting into the race from the practice in January and then practice down there on Thursday, but... After the race, I said, "If you put a piece of coal in between my buttocks before the race, it would have came out looking like a diamond." So there, there, there was lots. what an
1: idea to fund the race program. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I say there it was. Defi- Mom is definitely yeah. in on that idea. It, it
2: was 200 miles of puckered upness. I would say.
1: And anybody who is listening who would laugh at that or question that uh, has never been on I 65. When things get tight at 80 miles an hour,
2: let alone 185 miles an hour. So how I practiced. I uh, went around I-465 for a couple of laps, you know. <laughs> I went around rush hour, and I would just zoom on the far left lane, you know. It's perfect. So, so let's go back. And, and you said there's a ton of butt-puckering
1: moments, but we we obviously know, and I'm just going to, for those who may be listening that don't know, uh, not only did you just go race mm-hmm. um, in the Arkham Menard series at Daytona, but... Finished P-13, man, and, and you had a, a tremendous weekend the whole way. I know we kind of talked. All of us thought you really had a chance of possibly a top-10 finish, and you really had some some runs going there late, but started 15th, qualified 17th. You were second fast qualifier for the first, correct me, six groups?
2: Uh, first three groups.
1: First three car, groups, first six 18 cars. cars. And then ends up P-13, man, in mm-hmm. your first – attempt at a super speedway that is just dumb i'm just gonna be honest yeah. that's dumb to talk about uh, that's no disrespect to you yeah. i just that is that is storybook stuff so
2: kind of recap for us what was the weekend like say so, yeah we had a lot of doubters and i don't blame them either going in the race weekend you know i'm a small kid from greenwood indiana from dirt of all places and when you go to the asphalt side of things, dirt racers are definitely kind of looked down on. And a lot of people didn't think we were going to do good. They thought we were going to tear up a lot of equipment. And we went down there and practiced. And we ended up P11 in practice on Thursday, um, which is really cool. And then qualifying. Didn't have such a great group that we really wanted, but we were fastest in our group. And for a while, we sat P2, which is definitely the highlight of our weekend leading up to that point. And going to the race, I never really had any practice in the two by two or even you know three wide pack racing like that most i only had four or five cars to practice with in the draft so going out there on track with 36 other cars was a real unique atmosphere i wasn't used to and we went out there and the start started the race i had a real rookie moment i was uh, accidentally in fourth gear instead of second gear and i went from 15th to 27th in about 150 feet so Definitely not a good start, and I spent the next 60 or so laps there trying to catch back up to the lead pack, and we had a couple of cautions, and luckily I got hooked up early with Lloyd Mullins, my team owner, my teammate, and uh, Tim Richmond was also down there. Uh, 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 Arca Tim Richmond, not the uh, dead Tim Richmond. <laughs> well, that would have been a bigger story than even you 2 had been the other Tim Richmond, yeah. but... Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> so we usually got hooked up there really early on, and we started making some really good moves. And around halfway point, we were ironing in the top 20. We We're like, we're going to have a good finish here. We just keep our nose clean. And we dodged a couple of wrecks really early on, and that was just part of Daytona's survival. And that was not only my first, you know, ARCA Menard Series start or debut. That was my first time really in an asphalt stock car, other than, you know, 3,200-pound stock cars in a flat fifth mile. So it was – a whole new world and you know the whole drafting and bump drafting thing and having somebody push you and you're going 180, 185, 190 at some points we were going, it was just really different and I'd have learned right there out of the gate or else we were going to fall back and not really have the run we wanted. So, we got a pretty good group going with about 15 or so to go. We cut the lead pack after losing the lead pack and there was about five or six of us and we're moving into the top ten and I'm sitting here thinking in my head, we have at least a top 15 finish if we don't screw up. But it's 15 laps to go at Daytona in a race where there's 13 rookies out of 36 cars. And I'm hoping that nobody screws up. I think I would have lost the lottery on that one. And I made a move to the inside there. And we actually moved into the top 10 at one point, which is really cool. And we caught some lap traffic here with about 7 8 or so to go. And just kind of moved... The momentum to the outside lane. We fell back to 14th and then we got a late race caution, which I think hurt us more than it did help us. And we had a lot of lead uh, pack cars were running out of fuel with about four or five to go and be pitted on the, one of the more recent cautions. So we had four or five extra gallons and everybody else. So I'm sitting here, man, if the uh, next 13 cars could run out of fuel, that'd be great, you know. <laughs> I'm sitting here running P14 and we took the restart with uh, the one that remaining on the restart there. And I saw the white flag. I took a good long look at it because I did not expect to come back around and see a checkered flag. I said, if I was coming back, I was think it was probably going to be on a flatbed. And <laughs> we had a lot of pucker-up moments through the race. And at one point, halfway through the race, we were three wide going down the back stretch, and someone started drifting up into me, and that was, Ooh, you know, real scary, especially as a rookie. People were racing, as more, as my spotter put it, as jackasses, jackasses. Um, <laughs> Because, you know, we're 30, 40 laps in the race, and now we're here racing three wide. Like, it's for the lead in day 2500 on the last lap. So, going under the last lap there, we really didn't tear up a whole lot of equipment. I mean, I think only four or five guys directed at that point. Mm-hmm. And in the ARCA, we normally at least have one, if not two big ones. You know, I went back and watched a lot of the film there uh, in the years leading up to it. So, I was expecting a lot of cars to go home on a flatbed or have to be... Um, lifted up into the toter home so
1: now I, they saved all that for Xfinity.
2: Yeah. <laughs> they, they had that later on Saturday night. Yeah. So I was when I said, you know, I did not expect to see the checkered flag, I seriously meant it. I came across the radio to my crew and that, guys, regardless of how this next, you know, two point five miles goes, I wanna appreciate and thank each and every one of you. Regardless of how we have to load the car up, it's been a fantastic weekend and we came around and I got on the inside real quick there and we're going coming out of turn two. And I see Drew Dobler on eighteen, absolutely eat the wall, and my first instinct is he's gonna come back down at the pack, and you got cars going left, right, outside, inside, through the grass, and my spot was like down, 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 you know, get low, get low, and I'm halfway down into like the apron at this point. It's like that, probably a good quarter mile where it's uh, asphalt down there, not grass, and he goes, all right, clear, get up, get up, get it, get up. And I'm trying not to jerk the wheel too fast, and my left side tires clip the grass a little bit. I get like a little scurly for a second. Had to use some that dirt track experience. Uh, got straightened back out and uh, ended up P13 with this minor scratches on the car. So, uh, definitely a heck of a Cinderella story. So let's go back and let us let's, let's
1: talk about how Cinderella got to the ball. Mm-hmm. You know that's that is the important thing and and how you ended up there. So we go we go all the way back. You start out, for those who don't know, you're 19 years old, first of all, so the the story that's getting ready to be told is is insane to me in 19 years. Uh, Ryan, we got a lot of work to do to catch up. I thought we had done some crazy stuff, but...
0: Yeah, we're way behind.
1: Way behind. Way behind. Um, yeah. You start out in go-karts. What age do you first get in a go-kart? Uh,
2: my first go-kart race, I believe I was seven, or eight years old, and it lasted about four laps. Uh, so you did bring that one back on a flat bit. Uh, yes. <laughs> I went out and we had a heat race and it's kinda of funny, uh, good friends with Quentin White. Uh, my dad had a racing against his dad and you know we were good friends. We actually lived kind of in the street over and went to the same elementary school as Quentin and Quentin races uh, at Brownstown too mm-hmm. now in the Supers. And we rode the same bus and he was also racing in that go kart class at the Indianapolis speedrome a flat flat fifth mile up there in Indianapolis and I'm trash-talking him the entire way to school. See, I love that. That, that. I love that it
1: started right there on
2: the bus. I say like that. And he's been racing, you know, for two or three years at this point. He knows what he's doing. I'm cold-blooded rookie, you know. But, not, yes, bring it. I say, not clue in the world. And I'm trash-talking him every day to and from school. And we got there in the heat race, and Quentin was leading the heat race, and I'm getting lapped on the third lap, which on a fifth mile was really impressive, you know. <laughs> and, and, and Were you in fourth gear
1: again? <laughs>
0: Say <laughs> so that knows that anything.
2: We didn't, we didn't have the greatest cart and uh, Quentin gave me a little bump and uh, we went spinning around, which I don't blame Quentin knew he was going for the lead. And uh, we come back, we finish the heat race. And I'm like, oh, that was a little iffy. And we got for the feature. I think it was like a 15-lap feature. I started dead last. That's where I finished too. But it's like that three or four, getting napped again at this point. I think I was getting napped for the second time, actually. And there's a chick named Caitlin Wolf. And she had a brother, I forget her brother's name, but we're going to turn one, and she spins me. And as I'm spinning, here comes her brother, just T-bones me. And I get sent flying to the wall, I'm pulling the infield, and I'm like, all right, Dad, that was great, I'm done. Never doing it again. <laughs> so my career lasted about, you know, a couple of apps, and we put the cart in our garage for about two years, a season and a half. And I'm like, you know what, let's try that again, Dad, let's go back out here, and... Raced not a couple of years in uh, the go kart. Did got- you come back out
1: with the same piss and vinegar of trash talking <laughs> as you had at the beginning?
2: Uh, at that point, I learned my lesson. Okay, and I'm like, okay. we're going to take it smooth. And we ran uh, a <laughs> season in that same cart. and we we're like, I, uh, I'm not so good in this car. Let's get a new car and if us see how things do. And uh, at that point, I f- found pepper and a pizza. And uh, weight in those cars are a big problem, and I was definitely a big kid for uh, my age, you know. Uh, I understand. I
1: yeah. found pepperoni
2: pizza very early on <laughs> yeah. as well. And uh, so that was a problem. I was always a little bit heavier than the other kids, so we weren't the most consistent. But we got a lot, a lot of heat race wins, and we were so close so many times to getting that first feature win, and we never got it in the go-karts. And when I was 12 years old, we're like, you know what? What's killing us. So let's move me up into a 3,200-pound stock car. Because why not? I get to you know, 40, 50, 60-year-old men at that point that are definitely bigger than I am. And we paid, I think, $6,700 for this race car, race ready, from a guy named Alton Loden down in Kentucky. And it was... Which for those who may be listening that don't know much about race cars... Anything six or seven
1: hundred dollars race ready is uh, um, (laughs) for those who couldn't see here off the screen, uh, Braden's mom just said that would be a turd, uh, which is very accurate, (laughs) very accurate. (laughs) So, so okay, so you move up to the the stock cars, you got a turd,
2: Mm -hmm. you're now driving a turd. turd, yes, yes, okay. I think we had to weigh 3,200 pounds. I think that thing weighed 3,800. It it was, it was, and that was before the pizza, you know. I was going to say, it was a sled. And I didn't really know what I was doing. You know, go-karts around there, you can just, like, flat floor. I had to learn, you know, braking, braking points, and kind of how to hold my line. Because there, if you crash in those, you crash in those, you know. Mm -hmm. And I I ate the wall a pretty good couple times, and I... Got a lot of great mentors around this era. Uh, Ricky Martin, not not the singer Ricky Martin, but, but they're, they're again, yeah, yeah. So that would have been a better story. A lot of appearances yeah, uh, here. We, we had a guy up there at on Ricky Martin, that we raised live up in there La Vida orca. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, every time A we, lot of name yeah. dropping, just not yeah. the right people. <laughs> and he gave me a lot of great tips, and it was kind of cool because he was one of the first people that came down to me when I was like yet young, and he goes, "Kid." You got something, love, here don't. I said, watch that, Ricky? He goes, you're young. I said, he goes, you can still make it. I said, I hope so, Ricky, but you know, I don't know about that one. I'm hitting walls every lap. And he goes, Just keep grinding, kid. We'll get there one day. And so we go out there, and I rest, run Thunder Cars, which is like a hobby stock for two or three seasons. I, we never won. We never came close to winning. We ran some figure eight, though. That was a blast. I about hit Ricky at one point, too. That was, that's, a, that's a different story, though, for another day. I, I, let's just say I'd make a presentation on uh, to my mom on how it would be beneficial for me to run a figure-eight and how it would teach me good evasive maneuvering skills. I was, like, 14, 15 years old. And I'm like, Mom, we're racing points. You know, we got to run a figure-eight. And, yeah, she probably regrets letting me run it because that led into us running figure eight late models too when I got older, and then ran some Hornets. Which stuff. those
1: uh, for those listening, figure eight late models are a little more expensive yeah. than the six or seven hundred dollar turd.
2: Yes, those are <laughs> mid to high five figures there for <laughs> figure eight. We're driving driving. For those of you that don't know or have never seen the figure eight race, there's literally an intersection in the middle of the track, and you has got blind faith that the other drivers will make a hole for you. And if they aren't making a hole, they're finding a hole. They're not finding a hole, they're finding the ambulance. You know.
1: And, and I gotta say, and I just to for those out there, we've talked about it on here before and on our broadcast. If you've never seen late model figure eight racing, the guys that do it, it is some of the most amazing and and gut-wrenching things even for a fan because you're just waiting for the bad to happen and it it's amazing what those guys can do
2: say and i attribute a lot of my wreck avoidance to the figure eight because it teaches you how to make evasive maneuvers real quick and um i think that's one benefit i had especially going in daytona was that wreck avoidance luckily i didn't really have to use it except for that last lap but i was prepared for that big one if we had that big one i think i honestly had a pretty fair shot at somehow find a way through it. And we've raced down in... We raced in in Kentucky at the end of that season. And there was a big one on the first lap. And there were like 12 cars involved. And I saw a glimmer of a hole and I went for it. And we came out pretty much unscathed. And there were a lot of people that went home with torn up race cars. So when I was 15, though, uh, we actually kind of moved down to Hornets. And my reasoning was, as my family, we own a tiny junkyard up in Indianapolis. And at the speed room, Hornets aren't like... Built Hornets I mean They're knocked The windows out Don't even put a cage In it Put like a seat bar And go racing It's like fun You know Classic Pretty cheap That's
3: what you had Right Ryan Yeah well, st- yeah, yeah, Basically
2: <laughs> <laughs> For those like who that. don't
1: know uh, We are joined by Ryan Bowling He is the yeah. 2009 Hornet track champion At Thunder Valley Raceway And,
3: and it is that Ryan Bowling It is it that is. Ryan yeah. Bowling Yeah yeah Not yeah, the but, other Ryan Bowling no
1: appearances uh, <laughs> <laughs> It is the Track champion I play sorry myself Sorry to Uh to step on your story there, Brayton, but uh, we like to remind him all the time that he was a one-time track champion. I can't claim that I've ever been no. a track champion, so it's pretty impressive to yeah. me. I've never been a champion. Especially the Hornets.
2: You know, yeah. Hornets, you know, very yeah, very right. competitive class here. you know? That's right. But at the speedrome, it's basically knock the windows out and go racing. And nowadays you have a lot of, like, Hondas and Integras are just kind of dominating that scene. But back then, you could go get, you know, a 1998 Cavalier knock the windows out and go destroy some stuff and have fun doing it. And my reasoning to my dad, my like, Dad, they're getting 35 cars out here a night, and they're tearing a lot of stuff up. This looks like a blast. Yeah. I'm like, I want to get in on this, you know. And we ran the Hornets for a couple of years, and my first ever Hornet was a – I keep saying Hornet. We call them factory front wheel drives because, you know, they're stocked. You they can't yes. do them or nothing. And it was, I think, like a 1998 – it might, like, might have been early 2000s, Buick Century. It was heavy. It was a turd, it was ugly, but it got around that track. It was automatic, too, and we got around that track like we knew what we were doing, and we did not know what we were doing. And my first race in that was uh, we had a B-Main, and we had a flagpole, which for anyone listening that doesn't know what a flagpole is, they basically take a giant tire marker or marker tire, and they put it in the infield, and when you come to complete a lap, you have to dive around or dive into the infield and do like a donut around the marker tire. So they have like a mini intersection there where cars are going in to go around the tire and cars are coming out. And we were actually second. We started like 14th, and we were up to second, like an eight lap. We were killing it, man. And I, I, I get so disappointed every time I tell this story. And uh, I got T-boned by a dude that didn't really uh, know what he was doing. I guess. And uh, it hurt because he went well, a lot wider than he should have, and he hit me about going 65 miles an hour. And those cars, without a full cage, and we had a door plate, and that was about it. it, it knocked the window out of me. And that was, like, the first time I really was in, like, a bad wreck. And he he was pretty messed up, too. The whole front of his car, the engine was pushed, and the cradle, everything was pushed back, I think, four or five, six inches. So it was definitely a pretty decent wreck. And from there... You kind of moved around, and when you're 15, I'm like, you know what? I think we just move up to figure eight stuff, dad. And my dad goes, Well, son, if you want to be one of the greats one day, we'll make it a NASCAR. I hate to break to Jeff Gordon's not looking at the Indianapolis Speedrome figure eight division for the next Jeff Gordon, you know? And we went, we lived five minutes from CJ Rayburn, you know, a great mentor of mine. We're like, CJ, what do you recommend? You know, we want to go dirt racing. We don't want to just hop straight in supers because you know that's stupid. Who would do that? And (laughs) and we're like, you know, we want to do it right. We want to be up there. Yeah, because that's
1: crazy. After I have figure eight race, yeah, 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 (laughs) just got
2: t boned in a Cavalier sixty five miles an hour, but Buick Century. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And um, (laughs) we're like CJ, you know, we want to have the money to really do it right one time. And he goes, well, if you want to do it right, you want to do it right one time. Hop in the supers, and we're like, um. Okay sure Why not And we went And we found this. We didn't even know What year it was We were told It was early 2000s And we got it And we brought it back To CJ and he looked at it And he said It was at The like second 1997 And older So it was The car was older Than I was And that, that's really Impressive there And we got like An old Not older than you Matt <laughs> No, I <don't> know. no, <laughs> we, no. We, we got Some old, <laughs> new old Motor we had Laying around Put it in it And it's our first time Racing on the Burt Training and everything too and we went out there our first night and talked about redneck. At the time, our hauler was a school bus <laughs> that we like had ramps and we like, drove the race car into the back of the school bus, and uh, it was definitely quite the sightseeing at point of to the pits. And we went out there, and the car it was it was a clean looking car, and we we're unloading it. It would destroy half the body getting out of the school bus, <laughs> and I got there. And with dirt, you don't want to get too hot, like two or three hot laps, and that's it. Asphalt, you get like 15 minutes, You know, you come in, eat a slice of pizza, go back out if you want to, you know? And we come in, or we go to Brownstown, we do our practice. Never run in dirt before in my life. I've, I'd only seen, i not only been to Brownstown twice before that. We had no idea what we were doing. We didn't belong there. And we went out there for the feature. And we made the feature, because I only had like 18 cars. And I'm just kind of cruising on the inside, everyone's running the top, and all of a sudden, it's like seven, eight laps to go, here comes Devin Gilpin, flying by on the inside, and I think he ended up winning the race, and he's going on, he goes, man, I don't know who brought the inside line in, but I figured out that inside line got brought in, like nobody was running all night, and I hopped down there, and that thing had some speed, I was in here breaking the inside line, and or breaking in the inside line for Devin. And he was the first guy to hop down here. So all of a sudden, I'm running in like the mud trying to get around the track. But uh, got rookie of the year in 2018. Still didn't know what we were doing. Uh, 2019, we kind of uh, sewed our schedule down. My dad got sick. Uh, and we kind of had to really slow down. Went back in the Hornets at Speedham for a couple uh months and ran a lot of great stuff. And then in 2020, uh, we got a brand new to us. Uh, Rayburn chassis, I believe it was, it was 2012 or 2014, and it, it was called Pumpkin, which if anyone is familiar with Rayburn lore knows what Pumpkin is. It was a very fast piece that they went to Eldora with in, you know, in mid 2010s, and according to CJ, dominated, had nothing for him. That swing arm was the fastest swing arm ever to see you know, dirt. And we still didn't know what we were doing, but now we had a better car and get, went out in 2020 and had a pretty good season uh, we didn't really make as many races as we wanted to but we were still going through that learning curve especially and then uh 2021 got a couple of new cars got some different rayburns got a pierce to play around with and honestly going in 2022 you know, we ran daytona had a pretty good run there but i'm feeling pretty excited that i feel like we're finally past that learning curve after moving from asphalt to dirt and not really having any of that prior experience i feel like we're finally at the top of that hill and i feel like we can go out here and actually compete for some races. So, looking very forward to 2022. So, I want to give you I want to give you some some big credit here right now
1: and and I mean this so genuinely. Um and I'm trying to find the actual posts that you put up and I, I can't find it right now. Um that's why I was over here trying to scroll
3: through. Well, while he's looking for that, I'm going to give you some props on your rookie year. Mm-hmm. You were one of the very few that got up when you got your, your rookie trophy there and actually thanked your sponsors and thanked people, and uh, I, I think that's pretty cool. You, know, you got, All those guys have, you know, hu- huge courage in the car, but when they get in front of people, they can't speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, I bragged on you, and I, I've even bragged to you, Dustin, that mm-hmm. you were one of the few. You was mm-hmm. the youngest one there, I think, but got up and, and mm-hmm. had a thank you speech, and I always thought that was pretty cool. I was that you 16 did that.
2: years old, and yeah. that was the first time I actually like done something enough to get an award. And like my at that point I think I've been racing for oh, I got to do math here. That was probably my eighth or ninth year racing, eighth, um, eighth eight, I'd say, and um, maybe ninth. I don't know I'm not good at math. I went to Greenwood, so <laughs> 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 and. <clears throat> that was like the first time I've really done anything to get an award and go and talk in front of people, which that was awesome. I'm, I was definitely was not passing up the opportunity. People listening know now I love to talk, and you guys are probably regretting bringing me on. but <laughs> Not at <laughs> all. No, no. It's, no.
1: This is much easier than having to drag information yes. out
2: of somebody. Yeah. I, I can't
1: find the, the post right now, but you'll be able to kind of help me and correct me here. But what I want to say is uh, there are a lot of different personalities in racing. Um, don't get me wrong. And there are a lot of people in Who Racing who build a mystique and a story about themselves that is very untrue. It always – I laugh at some drivers who I will see the week after a race and they will tell me how well they raced – and I'm like, do you realize I was there? Like, I'm not picking on you, but they're like, man, we were right there for the what? No, you weren't. Like, well, they,
3: I yes, they were. They was just a lap behind. Yeah. yeah. Like, and
1: I'm not. I'm not putting that down. But like, I'm like, no. Like, just be real. Like, what I love about you, and I told you beforehand, your your social media and what you do, and and you your YouTube stuff. You are real, man. And I will tell you, keep that. Like when you sit there and you say. Yeah, we ran this go-kart. It wasn't very good, and I found pepperoni pizza. Like, that's real. Like, don't – I so much appreciate that more than you coming on here and be like, yeah, we were one of the best go-karts you've <laughs> ever seen. Because I I can't look that up. Oh. I don't know. You can lie to me. Keep being real. And, and I, I appreciate that. But what I was going to say is you you put up a post, uh, um, and I, I – sorry I can't find it, but it was kind of going through your racing history and, and reflecting on Daytona, and you talked about – being told you couldn't race yep. in go-karts and you, you couldn't make it in in the, the uh, hobby stocks and you wouldn't make it in figure eight. Mm. And my favorite part of that post was you wouldn't make it in dirt and you knew nothing about it and you even put in parentheses. <laughs> this one was probably true. Yeah. I love that, man. Mm-hmm. So many times in, in the racing world, drivers and people involved have no confidence mm-hmm. in themselves, so they create this mystique. You are who you are. Mm-hmm. And I love that. And 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 you have a story to tell right uh-huh. now, man. You're P-13 at Daytona in the uh-huh. Arca series. I just, before we went any farther, I wanted to tell you that because I love how real you are. When you are bad, <laughs> you don't mind getting on social media and saying, you know what? We, we were we bad sucked. today. Yeah. We sucked. We weren't any good. I hit free market tires, hit the wall, you know. <laughs> yes. So, I just want you. I appreciate that realness, man, and that's why we wanted to have you on. It's so much fun, and and to get you talking and to see the whole story from go karts when you were a lap down, three laps in, to again, and and that range to be P thirteen in the Arca series, man. So I just want to say how much I appreciate you. And honestly, we talked a little bit beforehand. We are fans of the sport. Obviously, it's why we do what we do. Your social media is definitely something that draws me back and back and back because I, even if you didn't have a good night, I want to get on YouTube and see if you posted something and what you said.
2: Oh, that YouTube is definitely real. Say so I, I, was, I mean like they were some captions like, you know, we went and we spun out and we lost and we did terrible. And I think that's the title one of the um, videos is like racing at Richmond and spinning because I think I spun like four times that night. Yeah, a terrible race. We run a lot of terrible races. But you know, that's one thing I love is being real and that is a hard viewpoint for the fans to gather. And as a fan, you don't get to see what goes on off track. You don't you know, maybe the pitch, but you don't get to see what goes on in the shop. You don't get to see all the drama. You don't get to see, you know, who's banging who's wife, you know. And that's (laughs) something that which I is
1: l- not Tim Richmond or Ricky Martin. <laughs> Tim Richmond that, maybe. That may, may, depends, well, Tim Richmond. not that different. <laughs> so but he did. He did. He did.
2: <laughs> Ricky, I think you're safe. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but I say that Speedrum definitely a lot of uh, that going on. So I say I love going and delivering that unique viewpoint to the fans, and that's kind of why I teamed up with Mullins Racing to get to Daytona, was I actually met them through TikTok, because uh, Willie and Dinah Mullins, you know, they own the team. Dinah uses TikTok as one of her platforms to, I guess, express, you know, her viewpoint to people, and they do a lot of background stuff in the shop, and you know, see what they're working on, show all their cars, and, you know, they're, they're real people, too. They work a nine-to-five job, you know, they work um, on recycling trucks and uh, garbage trucks, and you go and you see them working, and then see after that they go home. They you know clean up a little bit, they eat dinner, and then they work on the race cars. And they have a pretty much all volunteer crew. And you get to meet them. You develop these personalities for these people you only see through the screen. And when I found out they were wanting some people to come down and test with them at Daytona in January, that's when I saw them an the email. I'm like, hey, I race dirt. You know, think we can you know come in, you know, squeeze in and get a ride, you know, maybe for the test. And like, yeah, sure, why not? You, don't want, you know why not? You know, what's the worst that can happen? Normally, you're on 185 miles an hour, and I can think a lot. Yeah, <laughs> what was it like getting
0: that email back? Like say, because was- we've all sent out that email. It's like, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, ever get a back. You, know, <laughs> you, you never get a reply. But take us through mm-hmm. the emotions of getting
2: that well, email. That, that's a real funny story. So I work. Some background is I work at um you know as I mentioned my family owns a small junkyard up on the southeast side, and I work at that throughout the day. And it was late December. I just finished my first semester at co- of college at UND, also my last semester at UND. Uh, I, I transferred um, to fit racing stuff, of course. And it's like 10.30. My dad comes in. Ah, brain, get up. I got to go to work. And he, my dad actually owned an Arca car in 2004, ran one race at Salem, quickly realized the sport's too expensive. He's going to go back for great racing. Yeah, yes, The, ARCA racing is too expensive, <laughs> so it's going to go back to figure eight racing. Yeah, you know? without an intersection. Hey, yeah. you tear anything yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So traded it, sold it. I, I forget what I did with it. And he had some contacts. And was talking to a good bud of his, I believe it was Eric Caudell, who also runs an ARCA, about the test and the senior. you know, what it would take. And my dad comes to my room, you know, wakes me up. He goes, hey, Brayton. I'm just sitting there in bed, huh, You huh, know, huh. still my underwear and everything. He goes, why do they not run the ARCA test in January? And it was, like, December 21st. It was, it was like, pretty late in December. I said, It'd be cool, I guess. He goes, all right, see what they can find out. And that's when I shot that email to the mountains. And they posted, like, the post in, like, early December. So I'm like, oh, it's probably all filled. out. Oh, it's probably too late. And I got an email, and they're like, uh, yeah, here's paperwork. We need it, like, pretty quickly, by the way. Uh, here's this, all that. And, like, three days later, I came downstairs. My dad's sitting in his chair. I'm like, hey, Dad, sign here, sign here. Mom, sign here, sign here. I right, we just told our soul, by the way, um, <laughs> we're going to Daytona. And that was real awesome. You know, as a small-town kid, it's even getting to practice at Daytona is a dream come true. A lot of people would be dream of running Bristol, especially on the dirt scene. Do you have the Bristol Dirt Nationals? And just being able to go around a Bristol, being able to run a track that NASCAR races at, a lot of people think of that as a dream come true. And I personally never thought I'd make it to Daytona or even the Arca Series for that matter. You know, I've been told, as you were saying, I was told I was never good enough. I was told we would never make it. And especially at a young age and moving into the hobby stocks at 12, I had a lot of the drivers in there that said they didn't want to race against me. They said I was too young, I was too inexperienced, that probably was. But at the end of the day, I was able to drive my car off the track. Might have been missing a quarter panel, but they were the ones that had to get towed back to the pits, you know. I I played it smart and that's generally one way I think that I like to differentiate my driving is I like to play it smart. You know, we're a very small team. We don't have the millions of dollars in funding. We don't have you know the hundreds of thousands of dollars in the sponsors. If we tear something up we're not racing next week unless, you know, we go in and bust our butts to fix it. So that was just real different, I think, of how I put my viewpoint, I guess, in racing. But going and and being able to, first off, talking with them all, because I look at my TikTok stars, you know. Mm-hmm. Dinah has, I think, you know, twenty three twenty four thousand 24,000 followers on TikTok. And they're always, like, celebrities, you know, and getting it email from them it was like i thought i got an email from jeff gordon <laughs> and, you know went down into the test and that was just so not that jeff cool. gordon yeah. right, not that <laughs> yeah. no but one of the coolest things that i seen
0: obviously you know following the social media through the tests mm-hmm. and the race and all that was just how the the community and you know we love grassroots racing here that's that's primarily mm-hmm. our our focus and you represented so many of these grassroots racers and to see them commenting and following the social media and and just it had to be just such a, a neat feeling to have that support mm-hmm. from from the community.
2: Yeah, I even said, I think I mentioned in the post. I said this is for all the ones that said they couldn't be. They were told they couldn't do it. They were told they weren't good enough. They were told they were too young, too inexperienced. This is for those drivers right there, and just being able to go and represent the grassroots racer, the nine to five worker. Able to go represent those guys on such a national level and prove that a small town kid can make it to Daytona and do good at Daytona too. You know, P13, not scratch. Well, okay, there was a scratch in the car. I blame Dale Quarterly for that. <laughs> that, that Dale Quarterly, you know. Um, but that was just real cool. And leading up into this, there's a photo on Facebook. I was at the HARF banquet, the like, Huja Auto Racing Fans mm-hmm. banquet in late January. And Tony Stewart was... Yeah, that Tony Stewart. Yeah, that, the, 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 Tony. the The Tony Anthony Stewart. Stewart. Yes. yes. And he was there. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Tony's here. And my dad goes, all right, let's go talk to him. I said, let's, what? I'm like, we're, yeah. we're going to talk to the Tony Stewart. And he goes, why not? And we go up, took um, my hand. i like, hey, Mr. Stewart. First off, I thought you we were idiots because, you know, Mr. Stewart, you know. <laughs> and probably thought we were just some redneck fan asking him for a signature but i'm like hey i'm making my debut at Daytona here in a couple weeks i come from figure eight racing dirt racing how do i survive and he goes well there's not really a formula to it he goes just listen to your spot you know make sure you know what you're doing and make sure you always have like a hole out and he gave me a lot of great advice and my like, god that's pretty cool I gotta talk to tony stewart and then i'm sitting here on reddit which for some of our older audience that might be listening Reddit, is like a social media platform similar to Facebook. And they have like different groups of subreddits and there's a NASCAR subreddit and I'm sitting in here and I made a post about, you know, going to race ARCA at Daytona and all of a sudden Chase Briscoe and it's got like a verified check mark next to it. So it's the, the Chase Briscoe, not the other Chase Briscoe, you know? (laughs) And, taste brisk comedy oh dude that's so cool you want know, to see another indiana guy you know he goes uh he goes i'll be in a broadcast about booth you know anything I, I should know and stuff like that sitting there i'm like oh that's so cool and then dale earnhardt jr was also on that subreddit a couple of days later where he was doing like a ama or ask me anything where to go in and ask him a question and he'd come in there and respond that 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 dale earnhardt jr not the other dale earnhardt jr um <laughs> and he goes, I go on there, I'm like, yo, Junior, first off, this is awesome. Thanks for doing this. Ask me anything. Uh, how do I survive at Daytona? I'm like, you're obviously, you know, with the, your family's like the king of, you know, super speedways. And he went on there. He actually gave me a lot of great pointers, too. And so I'm like, this is cool. I got all this, like, professional knowledge. I'm going to go out here. And I'm going to do great. And going, and then it, you're going 185. Yeah. And you don't remember any of it. I, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I'm just, going into it, they said, they are the puppet, and your spotter's the puppet master. Your spotter tells you, you go high, you go high. Your spotter tells you, you go low, you go. Your spotter tells you you take a poop, you take a poop. You know, i say saying that was pretty much. Did all they ever tell one. you that? Just out of curiosity. I know, but they did tell me to breathe a lot, which ah, is honestly something you forget to do during during the practice down there in January. Top in the car, Willie, that team owner, he goes, "Breathe, don't forget to breathe." I know it sounds stupid. And I went out for the first 10-15 laps. I come in. I get out of the car. I'm like, (gasps) that was probably terrible on the mic. Um, But I'm just like, (gasps) it's out of breath. And he's like, you forgot to breathe. And I'm like, I think I did. And it's something you, you don't think about. And during the race, the spotter... You know, I'm out there racing at 185 miles an hour. The spotter has to be going at 295 miles an hour, you know. It's like, you know, halfback, 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 quarterback, no help behind him, no help. All right, you got your P4 and your pack of sticks, you're doing great. Take a breath, take a breath, All right, halfback. It sounds like an auctioneer. And so sitting there having to remind you, to take a, you know, take a drink, take a breathe, breathe there, you know, deep breath, deep breath. Here we go. And just, It's stupid sitting there having to, you know, you're like, oh, man, you know, I'm on this level. You know, to you think you're your own driver. But it's a team effort there at Daytona. And especially with me being new to the whole spotter concept and mirrors even. I haven't ran in a mirror except for the figure eight stuff. And, you know, in the past, you know, four or five years, gets dirt, we don't run mirrors. And, you we know, we, we have a spotter, and it's a guy in the two beers deep with two LED sticks in the infield. You <laughs> can't count to six. And, um, six? Three's tough. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so depending enough. on how many teeth they got. Say, <laughs> so at a speedrun, you can put a group of 12 together and count six teeth, maybe between <laughs> a dozen of them. But I say, I have Kyle there. I call him Crip my, my crew chief. Uh, he's, he he was in a figure eight wreck a couple of years ago. And I that trailer figure eight race, because the figure eight race isn't uh, exciting enough, they went out there and we put trailers in the back of the cars. Oh, yeah. Because why not? And he went out there and um, he got hit. Cause he decided he was gonna have a demo derby and he broke his hip, oh. and so I called him a Crip. He did like hobble around. He, he, he's good to go, now I still call him Crip. And uh, we, we we try the stick thing, and I'm not I'm not gonna lie, I don't look. It doesn't matter as that. You can have bright OEDs. I still won't look. No, normally I'm too busy to center, like trying to clean the mud off my windshield because I forget to put tear offs on half the time, or if I you know do put tear offs on nor- normally backwards, or I have to pull the whole yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Sitting there, and it's a team effort, you know, listening to your spotter, where the cars are, and if you want to get on the inside, you have a split second to do it if you're in a pack, and if you hesitate at all, you're going in the infield, you're going in the wall. So, sitting there and getting used to the whole spotter atmosphere, and my spotter was a rookie, too, for super speedways. Uh, he, you know, he spotted for the 500, he spotted the next finish years a lot, but I I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it was for a super speedway race, and uh, Jesse Vaughn was his name. He did an excellent job, kept me out of trouble, kept the crew out of trouble too, especially after the race. But I'll, I'll, although I did hear they got in trouble at the airport, someone tried to take a knife on the plane. Um, I'm not sure who that was, I believe that was our PR guy. Um, they made, they made it back okay though, but yeah, yeah, it was just, it's, a, it's a fun story they you tell. Know. Before we go any farther,
1: um, you know, one thing that we do like to do because we are all about that grassroots racing effort and. We want to make sure that you thank the people mm-hmm. that helped you, not only your D.I.R.T. program, but also get to Daytona. And you are 19 years old, and I think you're more than intelligent enough to do this, but I always like to, to remind people, uh, don't forget to thank Mom and Dad. Yes. <laughs> because she's within arm reach of you, and I've not known her very long, but I've got a feeling she'd reach over and just rake you right across the face if you don't.
2: Uh, i Guaranteed, you know, I guarantee, I said, no, I'm very thankful, you know, I have the parents that I do, and I've talked to a lot of kids, and that was one thing we are talking about, you know, grassroots racers looking up to us, I've had it all, I, I'm on Discord a lot for this older crowd, it's like, uh, uh, think of it as emailing, but the cooler emailing that gets like text <laughs> messages, and but oh, on a computer and stuff, and basically we're talking to strangers from the internet, but we to help form a friendship, which is awkward, because you never meet them, but you know play all kinds of games with these people, and people I've never met in real life are sent here, and like, oh, dude, that's so cool to get around Daytona, and you know, I've met them on Minecraft, i met them on iRacing, i met them on all kinds of games, but met a lot of kids that I don't really know, but they're friends, they're part of this, the groups I'm in, and they're sending me a message, and you know, when they're 8, 9, 10 years old, they're like, hey, man, how do I get there? And I'm like, first off, you got to be lucky. I was going to say, starting off, it's hard to get sponsorship. And i can to explain to them, going through, I'm, you know, I'm coming up on my 12th, 13th year racing. I've kind of got that figured out a little bit. Of course, it wouldn't be without help and without struggle. But I go and I tell these kids, I'm like, you got to be lucky. First off, we got to have parents that support you. If you can't get parents that don't support you, you ain't going to go very far. They're not going to get to the track because you're 10 years old and don't have a driver's license. And that is just one thing I'm super grateful for is having fantastic parents that, one, my dad, he's owned race cars. He's raced before. He gets it. My mom, ooh, you know, she, she... yeah,
0: she
2: <laughs> she is understanding enough. She understands, you know, the staying at the shops until two o'clock to get the race car done. You know, she's very understanding. She's always been, you know, my number one supporter. And if you don't have people behind the back and you know, supporting, especially when you're starting out, you're not going to go far. And I'm just very grateful to have the parents that I do. And definitely without them, I probably wouldn't have been out of go karts because I've developed these friendships, and it's almost like a big racing family over the years. And a lot of it is, you know, people my dad knew growing up and, real you know, racing with, and now I'm friends with their kids on the racetrack or even friends with my dad's friends, which is kind of weird. You know, I'm 19 years old hanging out with like 40, 50 years old. But, you know, I'm cool with it. I understand it. that. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's cool because, you know, You're not 19, dude. <laughs> but, you know, we're all there. You're not 40. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we're, no. we're all there, you know. We have the sim similar interests, you know. I'm not sitting there drinking a beer with them, you know, but that's still one thing. That's a difference too. Yeah. yeah. I'm sitting there and you know, give him two years. Yeah. <laughs> for, we're, we're, we're real people, you know, and sitting there making that big racing family is just one thing that I feel like people overlook. You know, they sit there and they look at the cost of racing, like, Oh, it's gonna cost this much money and they're like I, we're gonna tear stuff up. And there's just no point. It takes fun out of it. Even if I go out here, I hit the infield marker tire at Brownstown, which we talk of Brownstown. I don't know what they put in those things. Um, I know Casey White had a rough year this year. I think he hit it a couple times. I know my rookie year, I hit it three or four times. They do not move. No. I don't know what. I don't know if they put concrete in them. I think they do put concrete in them, to be honest, because I hit one of my rookie year and I didn't have, like, a whole left front suspension afterwards. Now, here's the best part about that story. It was in the far side of the track. I never told my dad that it hit it. until we come in the pits after the feature, and the whole left front suspension just, like, destroyed, bent, angry. Like, he goes, what'd you hit? I oh, know, no, dude, I think I had a rock or something. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Boulder. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so, yeah, and it was like an hour and a half later. I'm like, hey, Dad, uh, I was going back and I was watching the GoPro footage and I hit that market tire out there. Good to think. But I'd say it's, I forget where I was going with this, but yeah. Um, Thanking your sponsors. Yes. So it's definitely a big learning curve. And oh, yeah, it's the whole family thing. I'd say, even if I got there and hit the market tire and, you know, my crew and stuff, they can back me up on this. I'll come in. I might be a little, you know, upset for a little bit. But when we go to Waffle House at the end of the night, I'm having the time of my life, you know? And that's... you got to look at the fun of things. You know, that's what racing's about, is sitting here having fun. And when people sit there, they try to take the fun out of it, they look only at the cost of things, which I don't blame them either. But so you got that The fun you have and the moments you create are priceless. And even down there in Daytona, I was talking, there's a man, George, I was on the Mullins crew, and he's... I'm not saying he's no spring chicken, but he's definitely the up there. And he goes... That's one thing a lot of guys, especially this level, forget is to have fun and smile. And He goes, "That's one thing I love about your kid. I've looked at that every single time this weekend, and they're always smiling." Little did he know, I just had a crap ton of vitamin C and you know bananas, and I was like, you know, having a lot of energy going through <laughs> my system. But <laughs> say, but it's just you know important that you just remember those memories and don't look at the cost of what it's going to make go the duration, but look at the cost. To have those process memories, and that's just absolutely something that people just really overlook. D- did you wear the
3: pepperoni pizza helmet down there?
2: Oh, we got a brand new pepperoni pizza helmet. Awesome. Brand new. Like, we spent nine hours wrapping in our living room. That taught. It was a team effort. Remember those process memories? <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was supervision. <laughs> yes. Yes. I can tell who did the work. Yeah. Remember those process memories we're talking about? That's not one of them. You know, that was nine hours of pain, cutting, and screaming at everyone. Pull on that side, I need light, you know. But yeah, we got a brand new pepperoni helmet awesome. for that. Coolest helmet in racing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I so too. Yeah, the coolest See, I got it for the radio hookup, and I didn't realize they make a kit that's like rivet to the side of your helmet. So we didn't even have to buy a new helmet. But, you know, it's part of the running curve, I guess.
3: I, going to day, Tony you need a new helmet. Exactly,
2: yeah. And, and I loved
3: when
1: you took the, the media photos for Daytona, when you're mm-hmm. down there for photo day and the, the pizza helmet is in the photo. Like, that is so iconic. And, you, you again, you go back – it goes back to what you just said, though. So many people take this so serious. And I, I'm not – I get it. I get the amount of money that's mm-hmm. in it. I get – you know, everybody wants to win. But for you to go down there and just say – this is me. I love that, mm-hmm. and I, I think it. I think you're how loose you are definitely leads to
2: your success. Mm-hmm. I walked in the media room, and first off, the suites that are beautiful. Is in one of the suite rooms. I wouldn't mind just standing there. I walk in, and they got like a bar set up and everything. I'm like, I don't know, we should be giving drivers, you know, having a bar right here next to the driver, like media station. But I don't judge. I walk in, and you have a couple of like the Arca PR guys and media guys, and. One of the guys goes, hands down, favorite helmet I've ever seen. You've been doing this, you know, for like a decade. Favorite helmet I've ever seen. I'm like, that's awesome, you know. said, pizza helmet. I say it. I've been running that for, what, three, four years now? Uh, I got it for, uh, your first one was in High School, so. Actually, I think my, I was in the. 2018, um, I 2018. 2018, yeah, I say it, so. Since I've been dirt to twenty seven. that's the
3: only helmet I've ever seen you wear. Yeah, is,
2: yeah. Is. I say that was the one thing. They were, like, people go all; they have these cool looking fire suits, cool gloves, cool boots, and they have like a plain white helmet. I'm like, if we're gonna go big, you know, go helmet. Yeah, oh, go yeah. helmet. That's
3: the only thing we can see while you're in the car. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, who else? Who are some of those
1: sponsors? Who are those people? I want to make sure you get them out yeah. and say thank you. Yes, I'll say, of course. Because you know,
3: Pepperoni Pizza doesn't
2: sponsor you yet. I wish. I wish. If Fingers Papa crossed. John's
1: is listening, Shaq, I know you're the big guy there now. It, right here is your
2: opportunity. Yeah, there you go. I say, yeah, of course, my parents. And
3: Gary Driver, Big Head Pizza. Gary Driver, yes. Big Head
2: Pizza, yes. <laughs> I say, as long as you serve like a thick crushed pepperoni, I'll come on well, board. You know, he He does. I'm like, go bring me, put a table in front. You know, we can bring the race car and everything. But, uh, you know, my parents, have you know, our junkyard there have helped us out tremendously. Image 13 Photography, Edco, you know, Eddie and the Van Meter, they have helped me a lot throughout my career. And definitely, I would not be here if it wasn't for their support. Jimmy's Diner up there on Shelby Street, looking for some good, home-cooked, greasy cheeseburgers. Jimmy's Diner there. As I was to say, Insulation, Tim Logue, definitely helped us out with Daytona affordable tone came on board. The hook tone came on board, helped we that was one thing I also loved about Daytona. We went out and got a lot of local sponsors. And it was definitely a grassroots effort of getting a lot of people to h- come on board and help us out there. Cause Daytona it's expensive. Mm-hmm. A set of tires people can complain about dirt tires. Twenty four hundred bucks for a set of Daytona tires. Twenty four hundred bucks. That's not that's not even the rims, that's wow. just
3: tires. How many sets did you go through in there?
2: L- luckily luckily in ARCA they run the hardest tire I've ever seen. I said you put your fingernail in it, it pushes back, you know? So you only have to run one set unless you're one of the top tier teams, you wanna show off you got some, you know, moolah, then you can change, you know, a couple yeah. sets, but I just come in and rotate them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we ain't got money for another set. We will just rotate them. I say I pulled the uh, cars, uh, the movie cars method. You know, no tires, just gas. <laughs> so that's what we did. Just gas every time. We did have a bit of a worry on the pace app, I about hit somebody, and I had a um, someone stalled. I don't know how to stall going forty five miles an hour, but it's they telling it. I guess anything can happen. And so we like all checked up, and we were afraid of flat spot of the tires because like smoke started coming up on it i them I'm like, oh, it's kind of scary because Daytona is not a place you want to have a flat right. tire go down. Say, <laughs> so there's something a little scary about that, and they're like, I have to hear any, you know, vibrations. Let us, no, luckily, we were good didn't have to change any tires, but say, but we've had a lot of grassroots people come on board. I'm forgetting, yeah, I apologize, but say, yeah, the uh, ending up the speed room, you know, where I got my start in racing, you know, Kevin Garrick has done a fantastic job up there, and Brownstown, you know. All the people that have helped out at Brownstown, that's a beautiful and fantastic facility to race at Richmond. Uh, We got third down there in Richmond, the first time we really ran competitively for points. The Pino's family have done a fantastic job down there too. And it's just a lot of, you look at, you know, my story, and we never really had that million dollar sponsor. We never, I didn't have the last name. Actually, Laster is a terrible last name for a racer. Yeah, it's kind of like (laughs) being in last place. I said, we ain't first or Laster, you know? (laughs) that that may have to go <laughs> on the back of my gold digger t
0: shirt uh but, but I do love that you you kind of took the concept and and I do. Called it Blaster Motorsports. Yes. I thought that was really cool. That's my mom, right, idea. mom yep. again.
1: Of course, of course.
3: <laughs> well, it's kind of funny. Don't say that was a team
1: thing because you'll get in
3: trouble again. That,
2: just let it go. That's, that's
3: kind of like how Bob East did his chassis. You know, he was yeah. beast, chassis. Oh, oh, beast. Yeah. I've
2: never heard of that. That's pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. Yeah. See, when you're old, you got a bunch of knowledge like that. You know? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> he just flat out called me old. That, man. He didn't man, oh, man. <laughs> that's the quote of the night.
1: <laughs> I like you even more.
0: You got to be careful. he's on the mic at Brownstown, so yeah, I can get you, man. Oh.
2: <laughs> so don't, don't I'm not running up front very often, so I do want to talk about the back
1: of the pack <laughs> I, he talks about the first and the last term. Uh, but I do want to throw it out there for any for anybody who's maybe listening that that hear's your story that wants to come on. You know, are you still looking for sponsors? Yes. You, you're looking for people say, that may be able
2: to jump on? See, that Daytona was a one down in the Mullins. I'm grateful I even got to practice at Daytona level and race there. It's a huge moment in my career and something I'll tell my great, great, great grandkids. I'm 112 years old. Hopefully, I'm 112 years old, but. Um, Although it's a uh, dirt track not so It's probably not hoping with that. Um, <laughs> i say, but, you know, we're, of course, looking for more uh, funding and some more marketing partners to come on board for Talladega. Which is uh, definitely a national spotlight, so that'd be a great opportunity for people to come on board there. And then Arca, they run dirt races, they run spring the flat Springfield and Coin over in Illinois, I believe. So we are that's definitely a, that's a big
3: mile dirt track over in coin, Yes, Dequan, yeah. yes.
2: So we are definitely going to try to get some uh, marketing partners and funding come on board for those races. So we're definitely looking for some people to come on board. If you're uh, listening, you want to make it to national television, uh, BlasterMotorsports at gmail is the way to go. So.
1: If anybody is wondering I don't think we brought it up, but even with all the arca stuff you got going on and we wish y'all the best, you still will be back in
2: the late model and racing. Oh, one hundred percent. Dirt. We, we got brand new body on the gold digger. We got by the way that's spray painted. If you couldn't tell. That's some high quality four dollar can spray paint from Walmart. Um but here, here's a good thing about that too, is you run like just like the basic back vinyl on it. I don't think mom's looking too happy over there. I just exposed this. But I say, when I go out here and I hit the marker tire, or someone hits me, we just take some spray paint and rattle back over it. We, we take two cans to the track with us, you know? So you got touch-up paint yeah, all the yeah, time. He's yeah. always fresh. Always.
3: It's- <laughs> when he hits the marker tire and it falls off, it's gold. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I say we, we replaced everything but the driver's side door because I, I guess i you know, looking out for myself. and I, Everything got destroyed, and that car kept with the driver's side door. So... I just see the whole front bumper ripped off, and you're over there with a can of spray paint. Just yeah, <laughs> with well, the chassis. When we got that car, it had a red chassis too. So that that's black rattle can, on uh, the chassis. Is, so we but don't we don't believe in sandblasting or anything at Blaster Motorsports. So.
1: Here's the thing, man. And again, I'm going back to it, and and we laugh we laugh with you because this is it, man. It's real. It's real, and and you know, so much of the time in our sport, we try and be things that we're not, and 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 it's. Well I think
0: honestly t- tonight for me has put it in so much more perspective of like I hadn't really thought about how a lot of, of, of drivers and, and people are in general and just how that's not the you know everybody's got their filter mm-hmm. and and it's nice and refreshing to see somebody who can just be themselves and, and I love it like it's been my favorite episode we've ever had so
1: and and I and I'm going to tell you myself. again like it's we try to be real and like I said when you walked in like you know We feel like we do a decent job with this podcast and the media stuff we do, but we also now have this baby, which is our t-shirt shop, Mm -hmm. so we've kind of transitioned things over here to do things. Like I said, when you walked in, I met you outside. I was like, guys, you're walking into a lot of stuff going on right now. That's real. It's who we are. I mean, we are literally sitting right now surrounded by boxes of t-shirts and hats and
2: embroidery machines. Um, they got the hand cleaner too. By the way, I don't know if you guys have ever tasted that. I got <laughs> bored at one point <laughs> yeah. last year. Um say so it's orange the smell is fantastic. Yep. Does not taste does so not good. Taste does good. not taste <laughs> good. I'm pretty sure it says don't eat or don't ingest uh, on a label somewhere. Probably. Like I said, I went to Greenwood. Not a very good education. Um say <laughs> so, you not know, Greenwood's a fantastic place. And that was kind of cool. <laughs> we had a lot we had a lot of my teachers in that stuff that CADEC of I don't know like A watch party That could kind of Get together And sitting there Like they watched it too Down The uh, Daytona race And we got a lot of support From Greenwood High School And you know I graduated just just uh, uh, Past May You know Nine months ago Or so nine months, Is that right Yeah nine months yeah, I'm not good at math
1: um, just, just to cover that real quick Just for our lawyers uh, it, Race clean performance products Does not suggest <laughs> Ingesting any of our products At any point in time
2: uh, Fantastic on the hands Terrible on the tongue <laughs> That needs that's to be, a, label that's a to be right. on the
0: label,
1: man. This
0: is what we talked about. Like. So, you know, obviously, Race Clean is, is not at a you know a financial spot right now to, to jump on board with an Arca car. But if we get to that point, <laughs> you're our a, guy because this is what I'm talking about. This is the marketing. Like, that's what people don't do. They're not real. They don't do this stuff.
2: I mean, I'll go in the middle of Daytona International Speedway on the big screen to chug a whole bottle. That's and what and I, I mean. Like, know? that's
1: that's gold. That's all we need.
2: Yeah. And then you'll, your
1: stomach will explode halfway through the race. <laughs> It'll be clean.
2: That's one problem. I had to pee. And they never told me how to. A, I'm, I'm sure the cup guys, I've heard a lot of stories. They, they just drivers. Go. Yeah, oh, let's yeah, just go. yeah, yeah. I actually, yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. Like I think it was 2018. 20 No, 2020. The Jakes. 2020? 2020. No. Yes. Yes. Sure. We're going to go with 2020. Works for um, me. I was racing a figure eight race at the Speedrome uh, called the Jakes 150. And those were my. I guess, full-time rookie season in the figure-eight class. And it it was still a part-time effort. We were still focusing on dirt. And I'm going, and it's a long race. There's a lot of red flags. A lot of people are tearing stuff up. And I'm like, I got to pee, man. I'm 15 laps down at this point. We're barely halfway through the race. That's another thing about Daytona and figure-eight. It's about survival. Mm -hmm. If you want to finish first, first you must finish. And so, I would say, even though I was 15 laps down, I was still running the 9th or 10th And like 22 cars Started that race And I started 22nd So I'm like We're having a pretty good run And right after that Comes out There's like 50 to go and At this point It's been like 2 hours I, I chugged the bottle of Gatorade Right before I hopped in I'm like I got the key man <coughs> So I come in <coughs> Off track And there we don't have any Cold pit Hot pit rules Just come in for whatever Come in to get a piece of pizza if you want to. I come in, and the off-track gate is conveniently right... Or the on-track gate is conveniently right by... There's a water hose for cooling the car down and the bathrooms. I pull in... I'm hopping on the car, and Chad Sizemore, one of the other figure-eight drivers, he's wrecked out at this point, he's walking over, he's like, I got this, hop back in the car, he's grabbing the hose, Think I'm overheating, and I'm like, no, Chad, I gotta pee, dude. <laughs> I'm running in, the bathroom, unzipping, there's like a line in there, of course, we got like a trolley, I'm like,
1: And you're oh, standing my. there I'm in your <laughs> the
2: yeah. Helmet, everything's on, I'm like, I'm like <laughs> shoving people to the side, I'll walk out. And my dad and uh, Ryan Bullock, KGB Racing Engines, uh, he builds a lot of good engines for us. All chicken sponsors, uh, KGB Racing Engines, uh, help us out a lot too. Uh, they're standing there they're like, what's wrong? What do you want to do? I'm like, I had to pee, man. So I had to pee. And my dad, I was going to say, my dad, I can't repeat it on the podcast, but it was something Paul lines. If you ever do something like this again. There's going to be some uh, I'm probably not racing If I ever make a piss We call it a piss stop yep. <laughs> <laughs> I love it um, <laughs> I, I, I will say we ran um, A two hour enduro At uh, What's track? Twin Cities? Twin Ci- <laughs> is that the Rock Crest? Now? It's Rock Crest Yeah, at Rock, yeah uh, at Rock Crest Before it was Rock Crest Back when it was cool um, Now I'm <laughs> sure it's going to be Great this year um, But we ran a, they had a two-hour or 200 laps enduro, whichever came first. I didn't know the or part. I just thought it was two hours. And this is a great story. My first ever dated driver was a 2002 Hyundai Elantra GT. We paid 200 bucks for it. And what it was, some old lady had it, and she had a big battery in it for some odd reason, and it kept shorting out the ignition um, fuse because the ground kept hitting, or the hot kept hitting the, chat, uh, the quarter panel and, like, Shock and stuff. I don't know. So I had electrical tape pit. You know, don't need to get smart about it. Just put electrical tape around it. You know, hey, fix. Service. Yeah. And um, after I was uh, done driving for a couple months, uh, the clutch went out on it. So I got a different fun car. I got an Integra. That thing was a blast to drive. Um, we put a new clutch in the Hyundai, and we're like, you know what? We're gonna make it a race car. And we spray painted numbers on it, and we put a door plate on it and like a seat bar. We put a blow up doll in the passenger seat. And we took it that two hour enduro down here at a rock, course, rock crest. And uh, when I say we were slow, I mean we were slow. Like it was well the biggest problem was we left it outside and a rat got through and like ate a bunch of the wiring. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we had to, we had to go in and just like find like twelve gauge and like ten gauge copper wire for some like tiny wire. It just didn't look good and something it was like in limp mode, so I'm sitting here driving around the track with an OBD scanner in my left hand, clearing the codes on the car <laughs> while we're driving. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm trying to shift, and I'm running out of hands, and it, it just didn't go good. Um, but I had, a, I had a, I had a radio in there, and I bought this radio just for the car, so I could listen to music while driving. Had it Bluetooth and everything. 'Cause I still had like the middle console here. I had my phone in there, I was rocking like, some 80s like pop and stuff, you know. During the Enduro. Yes, yeah, yeah, during the while race while clearing codes. Yes, yeah. yeah, actually it was fantastic. <laughs> I was skipping songs, you know. we were running last, you know. That's I'd clear codes half the time, you know. And I you, you wait till the first time he races at Brownstown? sounds.
3: <laughs> <laughs> right the multitasker laster, man. Yeah, man. <laughs>
2: yeah. And i really had to pee. Because they were grading the track. They were making the track like, especially rough for the Enduro for some reason. You know, it's an Enduro, you know. And <laughs> their, like, grading machine broke down on the track and took them. Th- we were in like, the lineup, ready to go, and it took them, like, 30 minutes to clear it. I'm sitting there, like, chugging Gatorade while I'm waiting. I hop in the car. It's, like, an hour and 15 minutes in. I'm like, dude, I've got to be I'm, like, I'm hurting. I'm hitting every bump, and it's just, like, hurting. I'm, like... I don't want to come in and do a pit stop, because I remember the last time I did a pit stop, uh-uh, it ain't going to end good, you know? <laughs> and at this point, the hood's off the car, because we're trying to figure it out. I, it's on my TikTok. I have a great TikTok, uh, at Brayton Laster. We came in, and that track was so rough that we didn't, didn't do any nut bullet checks, so everything had just vibrated loose. So I came in for a pit stop. Shockingly. I mean, you yeah, gotta, yeah. You got to...
1: You got an ADM reader in there. <laughs> Why would we think you did bolt checks?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I come in for a pit stop, and they go to lift the hood up, and we have hood pins, and they pull the hood pins off, and they pick on the hood up, and it just falls off, <laughs> like it disconnected from like the like the hinges. So we just like pick it up, my crew chief, Crip, and just throws it to the side, and so I'm just out here cruising with the hood. I'm listening uh, the uh, radio at this point too. There's no data out there, too, in North Florida. This place is, like, a dead zone. Mm-hmm. And even right now, I have no data. And so when I play this, I didn't download anything. I was just like, stream on Spotify. found some local radio station. So not only am I clearing codes and shifting gears, I'm also like... <gasps> browsing through the radio stations trying to find some you new know, 80s rock. Not to stop you, but nobody that's
0: ever raced at Daytona has done that. <laughs> no! Nobody. No! Nobody.
2: <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I, I got pee. You know? I'm not going to lie, I did tink. I was running uh, no much on I, I tinked a little bit. And here's the worst part. You know, I, had a, I had a clock in, in the car and on the radio, and the Hyundais come in with a built-in clock. And you know, it was only an hour and a half in. And I did all the tinkle, just so it didn't hurt so bad. And all of a sudden, I see Chuck inside coming out about five minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what? I'm like, are we done? And you weren't allowed to run two way radio. I ran two way radio because we don't have we don't have receivers. Um, I mean, no, nah, receivers. He runs those. You got yeah. <laughs> <love> a center console. Yeah, receiver. <laughs> I I'll say we, we got like some twenty dollar walkie talkies off of like Amazon. And we had some, like, my crew chief had some, like, cheapo dart We forgot the headsets, too. So we stopped at Dartree on the way to the track. <laughs> this got, sounds
1: like dirt to me. Yes, <laughs> you know, <I> <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We stopped at the <laughs> and got some, yes. like, cheapo, like, um, earbuds. You couldn't speak or, like, hear more worth of uh, poop. Uh, there we go. Whatever appropriate here. Um, so I'm screaming to my crew chief. I'm like, I got to pee. I got to pee. And it's like, wah, wah. I'm like, I got to pee. And I heard something about your dad said, if you got it, and then it was all static from there. It was, I got to the other side of the track. Those walkie-talkies do more than 50 feet. Err. But, yeah, so turns out it was 200 or was two hours or 200 of that, because everyone came first. Nobody wears a race receiver on a Saturday night either, though.
3: No.
2: They don't know the word mandatory. No. <laughs> I was down there on that race I was talking about. We were in the heat race, and we go green for the heat race, and I'm in the race receiver, and they're like, all right, caution, caution, we're calling it back. And um, two laps later, I'm just sitting here cruising, right? I'm like, okay, no one's really stopping. Also, I know I to get destroyed from behind. Here are the leaders three wide behind me. <laughs> Apparently, caution never came out. Um, but he's the dude on the racekeeper for three laps, screaming caution, caution. No one stopped but me and the other dude running second to last. <laughs> and so I come in, that whole right rear cord panel you know, is destroyed. And it's still destroyed to this day. But um, we're, we're waiting uh, to get a uh, new. Uh, body parts for an icebreaker. We, you know, we're know we figure we're gonna tear something up at practice. So we're gonna wait till the icebreaker to put you know. you right. <laughs> let's let's just say I, I think Mullins Racing, you know, they listen to this. I think they
1: really need to consider spray painting the car.
2: They do. Yes. They do. Yes. I think Rust-Oleum
3: yes. needs to get on board. it's, yes, on, it's right. on
2: their TikTok. Yes, they Please? raced a um the practice that's the practice car down in January. Uh, Willie ran an all black three car. And they spray painted it black. It's on their TikTok. And they had, that like, Dale Earnhardt 3 font and everything. They were waiting for a cease and desist. I um, know <laughs> they, oh, they got one or not. Um, they were waiting for one, though. But um, that's one thing I love about the Mullins Racing. Great people. But they're real people. You know? Yes. So, when we were down there talking to Dinah, you know, a wife of Willie. And um, she goes, you know, I think we found, like, the greatest people we could have partnered up with for this. And I'm like, that's just awesome. And she goes, because, you know... Not that I, I don't know if I can repeat exactly what she said, but some the lines of you know, you guys understand the stupidness of, you know, what goes on and she goes, You guys get it, you know, you're you're used to it. I'm like, Yeah, I'm used to all the drama. I'm used to all this, you know redneck engineering, you know. I'm I'm used to it also. That was cool. Well, brother, we are well, at it I do want to point okay, out Okay, go ahead. I don't think John Gill finished his first archer
3: race at, at Daytona. Who? John Gill, no idea who that is. Oh my gosh. Wow, history lesson. <laughs> I have no idea who that is.
1: You don't know who Jimmy Buffett is? I no you, Jimmy Buffett is? I no you didn't come across that. I think there's a whole radio station in <laughs> North Vernon to Jimmy Buffett.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you didn't find that. Your two Sirius hours has a whole. Uh... <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
3: Well, we- anyway, John Gill was a great late model driver <clears throat> at one time. Dominated Brownstown for mm-hmm. years.
2: Yeah, I, know, I, yeah. I no idea.
3: First time he raced the Dr. Race at Daytona, he got crashed out. So I would say you I's, outdid him. Yep. So. I'm going to the next Scott with him question, huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Um, <laughs> no, now, now, it, Scott did drive a NASCAR truck at Eldora, though. See that's yes. the one thing I'm yep, that kind of yeah. you know
2: I'm like you know I'm just saying that any camping <laughs> road truck teams. You know Tyler Carpenter has a truck right at yeah. Knoxville, and he I was I he, don't know who that is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was down there at the not test. That Tyler Carpenter. No <laughs> <one, another one. laughs> I, I was down there at the test. I'm just saying I was faster than the Tyler. 4. Yes, I saw that. Yes. Yeah. And now here, here's the best part about that. Then again, Tyler never really had the draft. I did draft with his partner at Dean Thompson at one point, but he was down there on Saturday, but not the Friday, and I was at the drivers' meeting. And uh, I'm just walking away from the driver's meeting, and uh, I'm walking back to the garage. The garage is down there huge, too. I'm just walking back. I turn around. I see Tyler Carpenter behind me. I'm like, oh, my God. That's Tyler Effin' Carpenter, you know? I was saying. He, he could probably give you a lesson in crash drafting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I turn around. I said, you're Tyler Effing Carpenter. I'm not say effing, but he goes, oh, yeah, what's up? I said, you know, this is all, you know, I've raced against him a lot, especially down in Richmond and Iceland. Mm-hmm. And i'm like hey i'm the driver to 13 gold digger normally that me by like that seven but uh, i know they don't see me much but he goes oh that's cool yeah and i go down here with the Mullins in the three car and he goes oh that's so cool and he goes got any pointers i'm like what <laughs> i'm like tyler carp the tyler carp not the other tyler carpenter the tyler carpenter is sitting there like asking me for pointers i'm like um yeah, he goes, He goes like, do you really full throttle all through? Because this was the first time he'd ever gone on asphalt. He goes, like, do you full throttle 100% of the time? I'm like, 100% of the time. If you lift, you're not going, you know, fast enough, I guess. And um, I said, actually, if you lift in the Elmar Motors there, they are, like, they have, like, some weird programming. They'll um, retard the timing. It'll be, like, in and out, in and out, because they think something's wrong with the car. Uh, so I'm like, do you have to be 100% of the time. And I'm like, the steering, the steering wheel, and in a dirt car, you're real quick, going back and forth. In those cars, it's, you know, five, six degrees, maybe. Even in the banking. I mean, it is super, like, like real, I guess, not sl- I guess it would be, I guess, slow steering, I guess. Is a, I don't know. Um, But, yeah, and I was actually wearing Hey Dudes yeah. at the time. And I had a strap <laughs> in my pocket. I'm like, hey, quick question. This is kind of stupid. I'm like, can you sign my Hey Dudes? And uh, he's like, "Yeah, sure, it's awesome, So I have uh, now, hey, dude, autographed uh, by and Tyler Carpenter. Weekend. Yeah, I wore them all weekend down there at Daytona. They're my lucky hey dudes.
1: I I just want, I just want to point this out, just just for the historian in the room. <laughs> this is where we have hit in late model race, which is really cool, honestly. He he just knew Tyler effing Carpenter, but not John Gill. Like oh, we have hit that level yeah,
2: yeah. of of movement. Yeah." Um, and that's not, that. That's just that's. I know Ray Gotye, Papa Ray. I know Ray. Oh yeah. And the, I I know him because my dad made me come downstairs at like two o'clock in the morning. I was like grabbing some chocolate milk. He goes, "Son, come here." I'm like, "What?" He goes, "I found this video of Ray Gotye getting the wind stolen from him in like Arizona, in 1989 or something like that. Something like a long time ago. Long, long time, time ago. ago. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I would say and um. My dad, uh. we,
1: were, we were at Cirque City. <laughs> oh, I like him more and
2: more. <laughs> I cannot wait to get yeah. to talking Brownstown. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were at Cirque City. And my dad, got The Ray Gotti, is there with Britain. And we're good friends with Britain. He helped us out a ton. That's also a huge shout out. If it wasn't for Britain. Did you actually take advice from him? <laughs> Yeah that that, that. I should say he, he's actually given us a lot of like good uh setup advice and, and you just go the opposite way. <laughs> yeah. Whatever he says do opposite. <laughs> I say but that yeah, he's definitely helped us out a lot. And um but the, the we, bed for Blue Devil. Yeah. We walk <laughs> up in the uh the gotcha trailer and Papa Ray and my dad goes Papa Ray. and he goes, Hi, oh, hey, how's it going? And my dad goes, Oh you know, I'm uh, Dane He goes I got to ask you about that race in Arizona in 1987. He goes, that, and he starts cussing out. They stole that race from me. He knew exactly off the yeah. top of the head. He goes, the promoter's son was, you know, what's that again? They said he was, he got them all worked up. And I'm like, I, I'm going to go back to our pit and get a Gatorade, Dad. Do You have fun here, you know. All right, brother. We We're, are well, Rockcrest is going to have a
3: John <laughs> uh, Classic for the super late models this yes. year. So. Maybe you can run a race with a guy you don't
2: even know. Uh, so. know we i run a lot of Memorial races, and I've always worried. Well,
3: he's not a Memorial. He's still alive. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, well, not that John Gill. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. live John he, he Gill. He's just coon hunting now. Uh. <laughs> I've run like a lot of like, tribute and like, Memorial races, and I've always worried. I'm going to get out. I'm like I'm going to have no idea who's the tribute to you. So uh, I am looking forward to the CJ Rayburn Memorial race here at Circle City. I know we're having that. Uh, yeah. Easter Sunday, I believe. So. We're gonna roll in pretty deep there in, uh, in memory of CJ, so that's gonna be pretty cool. I know who CJ is the <laughs> CJ, not the other CJ. Which I mean, Christians <laughs> in this, which are also he's Christian Jordan, so he's he's, he's you know yeah. young CJ. Okay. We're at an hour and fifteen
1: minutes Ooh. and I have I what have was,
3: what was CJ's real name? Carl. Carl what? <laughs> Junior? No. Jerome Carl G- <laughs> Yeah, he owns all those
1: burger places. Carl Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I, we're, Brandon, I'm just going to be honest I have not laughed this hard for an hour and 15 minutes in a long long time and and I'm
3: going to go back I've to I've not felt this old in a long long time
1: <laughs> <laughs> you didn't feel like we got out of bed
3: this morning no, no. Uh, he, he knows how to beat a guy down man That's, I, uh, <laughs> I I just
1: I, I'll be I'll go back to it man we we appreciate you man we're fans yeah. of you um, love how real you are don't ever change it and don't and on it let the let the haters hate yep. Um, you proved them wrong, and and yeah. keep going, man. And and I I just want to say again, um, and I meant what I said at the beginning. I never thought I would be sitting here the weekend after the Daytona 500, <laughs> the week after the Daytona 500, and the Arca race and everything down there, and and say I'm I'm interviewing a guy in person that just finished 13th place. Like four days later, yeah, yeah, and and so I appreciate you, mm-hmm. man. I appreciate your family, what you guys bring. Um, you're always welcome back
2: here at any point in oh, time. 100. I love talking. Do put a microphone in front of me. If I ever win a feature at Brownstown, you're gonna have to like. If we're live on the like, Dirt Two Media, they're gonna have to like set like a delay, like tell fans to be back <laughs> in 30 minutes, and then we can start the next. Oh no, feature. we're yeah. staying live. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we're, we're we're staying rolling.
1: live, and and it, you pick up that feature when. If, if we got the whole trailer there, we're doing a post-race show. Yep. You come on up, and we'll, we'll celebrate. I want to
2: be main. I was the only one on track because everyone wrecked out in the heat races, but I want to be main. I, okay, I lie. Brent and God, she was there, but two cars advanced, and we are the only two that made it. And I started in front of Brent on the first, and I don't know who the lady is in the tower. She screams a lot. I'm sure you know her. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she, she, she needs to quiet down a little bit. Now I just need to turn the volume down. <laughs> 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 Yeah. Okay, is she in here? Is, is she in here? <laughs> no, she's not in no, no. here. <laughs> He's looking around. Yeah. <laughs> but, oh, say, I would have, I, would, <laughs> I would have the volume up, like, pretty loud on the headset. And this is, like, starts screaming. I don't understand what they're saying. Um, But she comes across. She goes, hey, uh, do you guys know Two Cars Advance, right? And me and Brenton were like, Yeah. And she goes, do you guys know how many of you are out here? I look at my hands for a second. I look over at at Britton. Sticking me all my two fingers up the window. She goes, all right, you guys can go back to the pits. And I sat here. I'm like, I really want to do donuts. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't turn a single green flag of that. I wanted to go around the track and start doing donuts for winning this B-Main. but didn't turn a single green flag that in. And I'm like, you know what? No, i luck. I'll probably pop the motor. I think we went out in the feature that night and popped a motor. So probably good in it. All that. I was to say, but. All right. Well, guys, uh, again, thank you so much for coming down. We
1: appreciate you. And uh, uh, we'll be back. Um, I don't know how we follow this one up. I feel like we should retire. Uh, But, uh, guys, I mean, check out all of. uh, and I, I'm, I'm going to open this up, and I'm afraid
2: to, because it'll probably end up being another 10 minutes. But at least. I'm going to
1: give you 60 seconds okay. to
2: give out your social media. I right, Facebook, we got Brayton Astor Motorsports, because Blaster Motorsports is too complicated for Facebook. I have Instagram, the one, only the pizza man. I like pizza. Twitter is the one, pizza man. I'm on Reddit, uh, at uh, Brayton Aster, TikTok at Brayton Aster, and uh, that's uh, pretty much right. it. We have a website. BraytonAster.com. Yeah, BraytonAster.com. What's yes. your YouTube? What's your YouTube? Uh, Brayton Laster Motorsports is also okay. YouTube, uh, which is this upcoming season preparing a lot of vlogs for. Uh, I wreck a lot, they like watching uh, me wreck and that's like the inside cube of why we wrecked. Uh, I get on there pretty in depth. So, all
1: right, guys, so go give a follow. I'm telling you, you will not uh, be disappointed. And thanks everybody who uh joined us again. Thank you guys to Blaster Motorsports and uh, Brayton Laster uh, for joining us tonight. And uh, we'll be back better than ever. Thanks, guys. See.